Welcome to Be the Phoenix of Your Own Life, The Feminine Rising. My name is Julie Paulston. I am your host, and I am so absolutely honored that you stopped by. Each week, I'm going to be sharing my own personal journey, and I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people that will be sharing their journeys as well, in hopes that we can educate, motivate, and inspire you to live the best possible life that you can. So grab your favorite beverage, maybe a snack or two, sit back, relax, and enjoy. Because at the end of the day, this truly is all about you. Well, welcome back to being the phoenix of your own life. This is Julie, your hostess with the mostest. And I have a guest and I say this so often and you guys are probably getting really tired of hearing about it. But people find me and show up in my world in the most (laughs) magical. My my mom was like, honey, they just, it's kind of bizarre. And I'm like, no, no, it's not bizarre. It's magical. It's amazing. Uh, So my next guest, same thing. I know it had something to do with the book of faces, good old Facebook. We connected right away. She (laughs) is incredible. I cannot wait to talk to her. I am definitely not going to read a bio and read a dating. So I want her to introduce herself to you. And then Samaya, I have a question for you afterwards. So if you would take it away and introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. I um, I like you, I, I do believe in magic and I do believe in the synchronicities and I am aware this is the first time that we meet ever apart from a short conversation and I kind of like immediately knew from your energy like I want to get to know you and <laughs> I know that irrelevantly to this conversation happening today I would like to have more of it please I feel like there's more to come um, anyway Uh, But thank you for having me. I'm Samaya. I am a Greek woman uh, that has been living in the UK in a seaside town called Brighton, which is a pretty much like a, you know, very um, alternative town, really open to the um, uh, LGBTQR community. I am a psychic healer and a vibrational alignment coach. And I live here with my son. I'm a single parent. I co-parent with um, my son's dad. We're really good friends. Yeah, and I have lived a life and I keep on living it. And it's, it's, it's been a very rich and it seems to be a very rich and very adventurous experience so far. <laughs> oh, I love all of that. And by the way, yes, we're going to become best friends. So there's that too. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this yeah. conversation will not end at this no, podcast. No, So I ask every single one of my guests, and I knew that this was going to be a fascinating interview and I was so excited for today. So the big question that I ask everybody at the beginning is this, is that we've all been in the shit pit of our lives. We've all Mm -hmm. been in the ashes. What is a time in your life where you (coughs) found yourself in the ashes and you had to rise and rediscover that divine inner Phoenix and how has it impacted your life now? Okay. The first thing I'm thinking like, okay, which one do I choose from? There have been many. And strangely today, I found myself really almost like talking to myself about a particular kind of the sort of earlier years, right? Like I can tell you about the illness I had where I lost all my body weight and I just kind of nobody knew what was going on. And I went in like, I was in tremendous pain or, you know, um, there was the turning points around 
the time where I was really uh, working through my end of life strategies twice in my life and went quite close to this. So there's, there's that, but I kind of today, for some reason, I kept on going back to the very beginning and it really felt very sort of a live time in my life and kind of just a really significant birthing of me in my adult years now, just the kind of, I guess, the phoenix that has risen, right? And I was kind of reflecting a little bit. I'm reading the book by Brene Brown. On, it's called The Heart, uh, the Atlas of the Heart. It's a new book she has. Yeah. Do you know? That's, have, that's the new one. It just came out. I literally just bought the Kindle version and I've literally just, you know, read a few pages. So not very much at all. But it's been kind of kind of made making me think a little bit about my my situation and, and just kind of like how the thing that came into memory quite strongly today that I'd like to talk about, I guess, was that was a turning point for me was very much that time in my life where, you know, that as a little girl, as a young woman, well, actually, as a little girl, let's say what it was, I um, had my trust completely shattered by my family and felt betrayed by my family. And, you know, how, because my family come from a, a, a very hard life when they were, uh, you know, young, they grew up in rural Greece, they had lots of things going on and it was a hard life living in rural Greece in those years. And so they carried a lot of trauma. And one of the things that kind of ended up happening as a consequence to that is that as they kind of grew and they, they kind of like went into the city and they started making a life as adults, they ended up really having a difficult time. You know, they kind of really were totally geared on doing well and being happy, but in a completely superficial way, right? Let's keep ourselves protected. Let's make money, whatever, this and then the other. But one of the things that happened was they had... I a difficulty in understanding when something bad was happening, when something was happening that was wrong. They didn't know how to, um, you know, to, to, to recognize it as that, and that is harmful and that we need to protect our children from it. So as a young woman, what I realized, because it was so honed into, let's make our lives perfect, let's do this, and we can't create any ripples, we can't we have to present what society wants. We have to do this. We have to do that. So as a kind of young, emotional kid that wanted a lot more to thrive, I kind of felt my world uh, shrinking in. I found that it became very difficult for me to find the language or the understanding that actually to make sense of my life and to make sense of my emotions and what was going on. So what I kind of then eventually ended up doing was that I, I, I just kind of carried a lot of shame and guilt for actually just finding so many things wrong about what was happening, how my, my family was living life and all that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of difficulty for my parents to, to recognize things being wrong. So I kind of went through an abusive situation when I was a kid and I took a hell of a lot of courage to go and speak to my mom and dad about it. They dismissed it as if, as if I was telling them like, you know, something simple had happened and nothing simple had happened. And the same with my sister, when she was going through stuff, anything potentially difficult, anything potentially dark, anything potentially harmful, it was dismissed as if it was nothing. 
So I grew up spending my life really kind of feeling incredible shame for finding faults at things that were you, everyone needs to be finding fault and recognizes, no, this is shit, this is toxic, this is wrong, this is bad, you know? So there was no such a thing as bad thing. You know, it was very hard to kind of navigate through the waters as I was getting older. And it took me a long time to recognize, no, these things were wrong. This was not okay. I think today it really hit me. Today it hit me that what happened, you know, I'm, one, like, I'm a coach. And one of the things that I became really passionate about, helping people really navigate their intuitive compass, really understanding and really understand, like activating their intuitive compass, right? And I realized it's because mine was destroyed uh, as a young mm -hmm. kid. Mm -hmm. and, 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 but what was the thing that really shocked me today? I don't know why today, I think just re reading Brene Brown, it was this thing of like, it wasn't just that my parents like kind of didn't help me harness it I think that in itself we know that it's a skill that not everybody knows you know how to do that like to help you to encourage you with that although you know there's some basic things you can do to help anyone with that like as a parent or whatever you know trust your heart da, da, da. it was that it was intentionally destroyed yeah you know and and I think that I I kind of I, I was kind of in a state of shock to think like, no, 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 this was done with intention. This was done intentionally because if Samaya wakes up as she's waking up and we don't like this, we don't like this because that means we have to do the work and mm -hmm. we have to start acknowledging the trauma we experience. We have to start taking, like putting people accountable for what happened to us. They did not want that to happen. So anything to silence, anything to silence. So I carried this burden of shame for a long time because I could see on one hand, on, on one level, my parents loved me, you know, but they would do anything to stop me. We, we want to say like our parents love us da, 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 and all that, but actually there's some dark shit they also do. And I just kind of felt like, no, this was really, it was intentional and it was harmful and it was to protect themselves. There's a duality. I think we were talking about it. There's a couple of us talking and there's that duality that we have in our lives of when we look at our parents. So we look at our parents and we, we give them the excuse of, well, you know, they were only doing what they could with what they had to try and protect the family. Yeah. And the, the duality of it is, yes, that's true. They were doing what they could with what they had and they could still be shitty people. Yeah. It's not yes. that they didn't love you. It's yeah. not that they didn't care about you. Yeah. They just yeah. placed their own burdens and traumas and the generational shit snowball that runs downhill. Yeah. And so people have a real hard time holding that duality of being able to look at your parent or looking at that guardian. And Thank saying, you so much. You did what Thank you could you. with what you had and you were a pretty shitty person. Yeah, because I, I do. I so agree with this. And you know what? I really believe like, you know, wisdom is uh, for me, it's all about discernment. We're talking about, yes, we don't want to victimize ourselves. We don't want, you know, absolutely. We want to do the work. But we need to be discerning. We need to be able to see something for what it is, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yep. And you know what? I feel liberated on this, on, on really the knowledge of this, seeing it for what it was. Yeah, it was, you, you, you know, essentially you, uh, you know, 
you you intentionally trying to harm your kid from experiencing the protection mechanisms that say no this is wrong you know because it took a hell of a lot of work a lot of therapy a lot of support and a lot of like yeah just a lot of effort for me to kind of take the direction that I've taken and to raise my son the way I'm raising him and actually really honed in around the time I had my son I thought oh my god this is so fucking easy it's so fucking easy to love you unconditionally yep like I can't imagine I can't imagine doing this to harm you I can't imagine that's where you break. And I think that the generations that are coming up now are realizing that I don't have to continue this generational shit snowball that I get to. There's a meme out there where, you know, you have these generations of like, you're such a loser. And then the parent, you know, that's the grandparent and the parent grandparents yelling at the parent, then the parent, and then the parent is, protecting the child with their body and they're speaking, I love you instead of allowing all of this generational trauma to keep happening. And I think that that's the only way that we're going to stop the shit that's happening in this world right now is to be able to hold the duality and to be able to look at those people and say, I love you and you're a shitty person. You know, I, I like that a lot. And I'll tell you what I like. I think because a lot of the circles are moving, the spiritual community, they can be very much the love and light community, right? And a lot of this is about shadow work and just being able, like you said, to hold the duality and being able to kind of not bypass bypass those kind of aspects. It's a very yeah. nuanced, it's a very nuanced path and it's a very um, messy. It's super it messy. Life is so messy. And that being said, I, I did find that creating distance from a family has been really good for me. You know, like we live in different countries. I, I, I live here and, and I haven't felt like visiting very often. And, you know, I had to put certain strong boundaries. And it wasn't until I did that one of the things I teach and I hold the containers is about creating sacred space. Yes. When it comes to not only our healing but also our growth and our, and our positive transformation. We need sacred space yep. uh, because if you don't have sacred space, you know, that can, the sacred space can keep you accountable to keep on raising your vibration, to keep showing up, to keep on, you know, it's going to be a lot easier to self-sabotage yourself or to allow all sorts of things coming from the external environment to impact you. So mm-hmm. however we create that set of sacred space, either with the situations, people, rituals, things that we create, it doesn't matter just as long as it's personable and right for us, right? So as part of, I, I'll be 100% honest with you that as much as I love them, I feel like um, I needed to create that space and it's been really, uh, it's helped me flourish because, you know, I need, for me, that was part of the sacred space I created to, really support myself thrive in the next le- like to my next level really to what I needed to do because if you keep on having conversations and communications with people who continue this destructive pattern toxic behavior and they continue that not only with me but with my son and that's where I put the, the break I felt like you know what I I'm good thanks I'm good yep. so feel that when it comes down to it really a family member should be just like any other person you know, uh, we also create bonds with them or not create bonds with them, you know, and, and there's been some good things, but there's been way too many bad things. 
And I, I think there's purpose to also creating space sometimes and being away from our families, you know? It's so funny that you say that because I'm in like different groups in Facebook and, and especially now with the holidays, like we just had Thanksgiving. I call it stuff your face day because I don't believe in the rest of it. I think it's <laughs> yeah. a bullshit holiday. I think that with the holidays coming up, what happens now is that the, the guilt and the shame and the feelings of obligation, because you haven't been able to hold sacred space you don't even yeah. know what sacred space is. So yeah. then you feel like you have to go spend time with these people. Well, because it's Christmas, I need to go spend time with my family. Well, you know, uncle Bob touches you and you don't like it and you sit there and put up with it or somebody is rude and is obnoxious and is verbally abusive. Yeah. And we put up with this because we think that we have to, and we don't understand that just because <laughs> their family does not mean that you have to spend time with him. You have every right in the world as a sovereign, magical human being to say, you know what? I choose not to spend time with you. And you know what? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that, that's what I want to kind of communicate from this, you know, because for me, it's been tremendously like, I really wish them well. I really wish them well. Yeah. And I, I, but I don't feel, uh, I don't feel angry it's just so much has healed over the last few years where I've created that space and and you know I'm so blessed like you have the opportunity to create new families so either with soul family or through you know my son and his dad and and his family his mom and dad and like you know there's people that you can recreate that with you know something mm -hmm. close to and I feel like I make conscious choice of the people that I want in my life. You know, I, that does not include my family and I stand by it, you know, and it feels really good. And it helped a lot to disentangle energetically and just see, oh my gosh, so much of what I was, I was carrying was not even mine. Yeah. So I think sometimes we really need to do that. And if that comes back around, that's fine. And if it doesn't, that's also fine. You know, um, it's not happening out of denial or out of trying to push people away. It's just been really beneficial for me. So, but what I wanted to, what's the beautiful thing that has been coming out of this that I wanted to share, and it's all been coming through reading what Brene Brown was talking about and everything, is that I feel like I keep on getting this uh, old school image of, you know how in the olden days, and by olden days, I mean 80s and 90s, <laughs> you know? The, the new generation, they're like, yeah. what do you mean you didn't have a microwave? No, I did not have a microwave when I was a kid. I'm that yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. But like, I, you know, when you have shops where you used to like go for repairs, like, I mean, I still go to like a, a tailor, like not a tailor, a seamstress and stuff, but I'm talking about, you know, TV repairs. I know they still yes. do them, but very rarely people, they can buy a new one at the supermarket. Like I keep on getting an image of a watch repair shop. And, and like, and I feel like I see this man, like, like this kind of old man with white hair and he's repairing watches. And I feel like, um, I feel a bit emotional talking about it, but in a good way, I feel like I'm that old man repairing watches. And I feel this is what I've done with my heart. And this is what I've done with my intuitive compass. I've, I've fixed it, you know? And, and I, in a way, you know, I, I love the work of James Hillman. He's one of my favorite psychologists because he, talk, he's like, he talks about the soul a lot. One of the books he wrote was about betrayal. It's called Betrayal. It's a very small book. 
and in a way how you know that initiation we experience through the betrayal we we have in our lives it's wisened me up for sure it's been uh, absolutely devastating some of it when I was in it when I was experiencing in full force as a young woman experiencing what I was experiencing was really tough here I am I've I've kind of been fixing watches like I've been fixing my watch and help people and I love that thing you know I love that image because you know what like you know there's something very old school about it and I feel like for me as identifying as a healer in a way for me it's much more of a how I see a plumber how I see an electrician how I see a technician a watch repairman you know it was it's more about that sort of technical side of getting the right bits together and feel really good to know that in a way I had to have my family destroy that compass intentionally you know and then for me to like go through a phase where it's been really tumultuous and difficult you know to quite an extreme level at times and then to come back to think but I can do something about this you know and 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 then end up creating this new skill you know and feels like now it's become a little bit of a superpower and something that it's I just really really enjoy and it comes to some back down to some really basic principles how to activate that kind of what that compass that intuitive compass you know and I don't mean relying on anything externally yes we have tarot decks and oracle decks yes I'm a psychic reader a clairvoyantly see stuff and messages for people I'm talking about you becoming the compass your own being not having to rely on anything Mm -hmm. outside of yourself and you know what it comes back to there's three things that I found one of which is the sacred space energetic honesty energetic congruence and honesty really coming back to ourselves over and over again really learning what our yeses and our noes are i don't know why on earth we kind of look outside of ourselves for these things we need to be going in to say what is it what is it that i like about do i like it do i not like it do i want it this should not be complicated and also how do we exercise if we don't exercise the muscle and we keep on looking for outside of ourselves like how are we going to activate our compass? You know, so many times really traumatic events that happen, like with you, when you were a child, and then there are the, we have the big T's and the little T's, you know, the big trauma and the little trauma. I hate that. I hate that verbiage. When you it's think about that. it, there's, there's these big, huge traumatic things that happen in our life. And then there's these little things. And when we are little and we have these things happen, then we're, we're already looking outside of ourselves for that validation because we've been told whether it's through words, energy, or whatever the means or the mode is, we've been told that our belief system and our self is skewed. Well, why do you think that? Well, why would you say that? Well, why are you going to do that? Well, that's stupid. So we've been taught that our internal compass and our intuitive compass isn't reliable. Yeah. So we need to go out here. Yes. Yes. And ask people, should I do this or should I do this? And should I do this? And should I do this? As a hairstylist, as, as a former stylist and educator, I would get clients in my chair and they're like, so what do you think I should do with my hair? Well, I have a ton of opinions about what to do with your hair, but what do you like? Do you like it long? Do you like it short? Well, I don't know. And so we get so far away from it that coming yeah. back to it is almost 
it's a scary thing because then, oh yeah, if we, have to we do something rely, about it. <laughs> if we rely on our internal compass and something happens, we also don't have anybody else to blame. Yes, we have to become accountable. And you know what? And that requires to make shifts, to make changes, to take accountability for our lives. And you know, and, and it often requires us to like, and this is how I live my life, like 100% now. I'm not kidding. And I, I, it's, it's, it's become now more than normal, more comfortable. What my family was choosing to, to do is take the edge off the experience. And I, 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 I put the edge on. It's a bit more uncomfortable, but it's a lot more worthwhile. Yes. And yes, it does mean that you're not going to show up in the way society wants you or, or, you know, but you know what? My sanity is a lot more important than what X, Y, and Z is going to say about me or think or whatever. I really don't care. I don't care if you put me in a room with a politician because I've been in rooms with politician in the British Parliament when um, local MP, uh, the leader of the Green Party, I was involved in one of her, some of her work. She, she was sending us to do some um, work uh, speak with ministers against against sexism, yeah, because there was a lot of campaigns around it at the time. So um, I don't care who I'm in the room with. I do not care if you haven't earned my respect, my trust. I don't care what your title. I don't care anything. I really care about who you are as a person and the integrity you bring to the table. And I care about you know the fruit that your life bears, not out of like circumstances because things are going to happen and it's going to like take it completely away. I'm talking about the, the, the seeds you plant and the behavior you take on. And I, I'm not very tolerant of ugly behavior. Oh, no. Mm-mm. I'm not. I don't Mm-mm. need to. I don't need to. And it's not that I, I'm not uh, understanding of people's backgrounds, this and then the other. But when you have the tools and you start taking on the tools and you're not doing something with those, like, I don't, I don't, you don't get to be, I don't get to hang out with you. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't give a crap. I told, um, I made, I did the example one time I was doing a live on Facebook or something. And I said, if you can imagine yourself as Saturn, like the planet Saturn, so you have the planet, you're the planet. And then there's this white space around the planet. And then there are the rings. Yeah. You get to determine the people in your life, whether they are on a ring, whether they're in another galaxy or if they're going to be in that white space, which is the closest to you, you get to determine who is in your white space. Yeah. You don't get to just wander into the white space and say, oh, well, I'm your sister. I get to be in your white space. No, this is my sacred area. This is the closest you get to be to me. And if I am the sum of the five people I spend the most time with, I want to make sure that I'm spending time with people who are willing and wanting to change the world and evolve and to do different and do better and not just go, oh, well, this is just the way it is. Yeah, because listen, here's the thing, right? Absolutely, I agree with you. Because like I said, I'm happy to repair watches, but I do it over a fee. I'm not going to fix you for free. Don't come to to, to benefit from my light, from my energy, from, Mm -hmm. you know, the protection that I bring into your life and just think you're going to just like do it. No, if you want that, invest in my service. Because, you know, we do that, especially as women, you know, like if we're not empowered, we will try and save everyone. Yeah. And that's why for me, the whole coaching platform has been important. That's what I'm trying to empower women, earn money. Yeah. 
earn Brilliant. money from your superpowers, you know, and stop trying to save the people around you who are just trying to just basically vamp- vampirically just energy enjoy vampires. your energy, you know, mm-hmm. and and you do that because you're not really kind of, you don't think you should, you know, you're not, you don't think you should be paying for your services, you know? It's that worthiness. Yeah. It's that, that it self-worthiness. It's that imposter syndrome. It's that, well, it'll take, you could be flying high, having an amazing day. And it takes one person to look at you and go, well, that's, that's, that's dumb. And if yeah. you haven't done the work, yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, they said it was dumb. You have 5,000 people that said it's amazing, but you're going to listen to the one jackass over here who has no clue as to what you do. Going to derail you? Girl, straighten your crown. Exactly. Stand up and do what you need to do. Yeah. Move on. So, how, so you do the clairvoyance and you do the um, spiritual readings and how did that come about? And was that an easy discussion to have with your family when all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I'm talking to people that are not in this realm? I've been living in the UK for 25 years now. So they're not really involved um, in my life as much in the sense of like, they don't know the details because they never really cared about asking the details. So in a way, what would happen is like, they're still, even when I visited 10 years ago, their ideas of like the friends I hang out with, whatever, it was like nothing to do with the people I hang out with, you know, cause they had an idea of uh, like, of who I used to be in a while back. So they don't really kind of, um, you know, know very much about my life at the moment, but how it came about, to be honest, it was that I was doing with some work with a woman in, um, I come from a very like grounded sort of background. I worked in domestic violence, mental health, psychiatric services, I work with criminals, with pedophiles, with anyone you can imagine, and uh, in a very rough part of London, and also worked in uh, disabilities, yeah. In my 20s, I was involved in Buddhism, so I worked in Buddhist communities, and I've kind of found that it was a really healing community to grow and expand and, and experience this healing from my kind of, I guess, my background a bit more. Now, one of the things that happened was as I kind of was growing and finding myself that like I trained as a counselor after years of being in therapy and found that I was really attracted to the coaching model. Yeah, because it's the developmental stages that you go through coaching. It was really felt really creative for me. And it felt like there's a lot you bring a lot more of your 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 personal your life journey in a way and your tools and your skills, your natural abilities come more, more, more kind of easily in that you know whereas the the counseling platform is very very different felt a bit more contrived for me you know I felt I needed more freedom what happened was I connected so I was doing some work that coincidentally was opening me up psychically and I wasn't like but I it wasn't like my goal as such I was working with a woman in Glastonbury who taught me this healing method that I've been using myself and I, I ended up doing a lot of workshops and teaching other people this modality but she was also an incredible um uh i guess teacher you could say you know um and and we did the sacred journeys in egypt in 2010 and i had some really massive activations where it just really changed my life wow and very quickly i found myself just developing these new skills and tools that i wasn't really necessarily expecting and then back in 2017, I met a woman online who was a coach, psychic coach, psychic business coach. I knew I wanted to connect with her. 
I wasn't looking to, to heighten my psychic abilities, but I knew she was a great coach and she was going to help me with my business. So I invested working with her. And before I, and just stuff really took off from there. I found that it was pretty uh, incredible. Once you were getting connection and advice from spirit, I found that it was just coming true. I found that in a way that was a kind of part of the process of activation for me and that kind of like that internal intuitive compass because it's one skill, the, the clairvoyance and clairsentience and all that. But it was also the work was doing other things for me. It was help, it was activating me, it was empowering me. And I felt like I stopped looking outside of myself for answers. I felt like I was tuning into my heart and I felt that just things were coming into alignment. So it felt like a side thing, to be honest, the psychic development. I now I use it because it's fun. And although I don't really tend to, I have, I used to hold a session for people's like psychic business coaching. And I love that because you get a lot of information for your business and your growth and all that. But I love, I love doing readings. I'm better at doing psychic readings than reading the cards, but I tend to prefer using them in the context of the container, the coaching container that I hold for people, because I feel it's a deeper transformation when people take that accountability and make the shifts, you know, and people need that accountability for creating those shifts and making the changes they want. So um, I really love it as a skill. And also just to say that it's not, it's not a gift that it's something for just the few. It's every, it's a muscle that can be exercised. This is the thing that I thought I didn't believe in before. I didn't realize it was for everyone. I thought it was like, what? like I, that's not me, that's not for me. So I knew it was always intuitive, but as I said, that compass was kind of broken and I was really terrified terrified I was led to feel that something really bad would happen um, if I sort of got it back on you know from my family so I just sort of felt and that was like they were scared of like calling on their shit you know <laughs> if you don't know any better you can't do any better but once you know better it is your responsibility to start to do better and this is the thing that we're talking about staying with it choosing to have the jet the edge on you know rather than leaving like, taking the edge of your experience and just say no 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 normalizing it or everything making it okay turning a blind eye you know this is no wisdom the blind eye won't you know it'll be easier and also it means that it's less painful you know as well so absolutely um and, you know, I'll be honest with you, the thing that the skill that has helped me the most with this is not even about the getting information for, sorry, that was my cat going crazy. It's not even about kind of getting information for speed. The thing that has become the biggest thing for me now that I, I'm so grateful for is just reading energy. I'm, I, I can call on people's bullshit immediately. I had to deal two years ago with a narcissistic man who was insisting that he was not into his mind. I just knew he was lying. And I just knew that he was still married and he uh, tried to gaslight me, which was a big mistake on his part. And now he's dealing with a calm of this. Like, you know, you, I see the shit that people tell me and I say, no. And, you know, sometimes you see people, things people tell you and you realize, oh, you just lied now. Actually, you were even lying to yourself. They didn't even realize that they, no. they, and that sometimes it's like we all do that. There's a deeper level of, of truth that we haven't even owned up to, right? And, and in, in a way, that has been the great thing about this particular skill that I have personally enjoyed the most. In a very tangible way, I can read what's going on energetically around a person 
and know if they're lying or they're saying the truth, you know, and it's not just about bad stuff. You know what I mean? You're just seeing what's in alignment, what's out of alignment. And, and, you know, I can tell, see things that people have, have gone through, you know, if somebody has gone through something hard or whatever, you know, um, it's been an education in itself. It's like, it feels like it's kind of like the energy of truth coming out. And it's wonderful because it, it just makes you realize, oh my gosh, how much lying there is in this world. Not just, not just sinister lying, you know, not just like trying to deceive you lying, but just, just the kind of, it's so difficult to own to what's really going on sometimes. Because here's the thing that I think that a lot of people, what happens is, that if they realize, then they have to own it. And then their internal moral compass is telling them, hey, that's not okay. But here, let me just go ahead and put my little blinders on because then I don't have to change anything and I don't have to rock the boat and I don't have to tell anybody and I'll just go ahead and it'll just be fine. It's fine. The world's on fire and everything's just fine. I think that as a collective, as the world, I was talking to a really good friend of mine and she said, I hate to break it to you, but 2020 is going, if you thought 2020 and 2021 were a shit show, wait till 2022, because this is when the matrix falls apart. This is when everything is going to, you're going to start seeing the falling and people are going to start seeing the corruption and they're going to see the deceit and they're going to start standing up for what's right. And for standing up for what, because everybody has a position, like, you know, you can be on the right side or the left side and you think your side is the right side and nobody else's side could possibly be right. But from a collective standpoint, yes, everyone, because we're all so interconnected because of the quantum field, we're also interconnected that we know intuitively if something's yeah. off, we just stuff it down and we're like, nope, 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 nope. We're like, nope, I'll just go ahead and turn that odometer back and pretend it never happened. And in a way, it's very funny because I don't know if you know this like quote of like, um, I, I'm paraphrasing and I don't remember exactly what it says, but we're all bringing each other home, yes. you know, and in a way we're all bringing, connecting with different pieces for each other. And even the, the ones we experience betrayal with or what, all these have been the, 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 pieces of the puzzle in a way we need like they came to us for a reason right they came to us for those lessons and these experiences for our awakening they're all being like from a cosmic perspective it's all kind of unfolding as it needs to but obviously you don't want to bypass your human experience you still you're still gonna like say oh shit what what is this what's going on here Uh, this is crazy yeah I mean I do think like I keep on hearing this about every year you know next year next year and I I do think every year brings a deeper level of you know kind of awakening and shattering of illusion on a deeper level you know I think it keeps on happening and I think it seems to be the nature of the thing that we're dealing with and and it's happening to us as well we kind of that's why sacred space is so important right and why we need to be able to to just have the right anchors in our life mm-hmm. that that do the mirroring, but also bring a little bit of that nurturing support and love and whatever we need to thrive. Because you can't, we can't keep on just seeing the external circumstances. I mean, you've been through some major, some major stuff, right? Tell me, oh. tell because I, I want to know you've you've had so a hurricane. Which hurricane was it, and when? 
Sally, it was in, it was uh, a year ago, this last September 15th, it was a year ago. So you had your home, everything destroyed. Mm-hmm. I had three feet of water in this house where I'm sitting right now. Is this the where you're sitting? Is this the house you were your, your home? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you had everything destroyed mm-hmm. in the flood. Yeah, lost wow. everything. I had so very few, very few pieces of like I had very sentimental furniture. Um, I got three pieces of furniture and a rug that my mom had latched me. And then whatever was up above three feet, there were some boxes and stuff that I was able to save, but no, I lost my clothes, my shoes, like I, every single thing. And I think for me, I had to, it was like, and I've told this to people as the universe had been sending me messages. Like I'd been getting those nudges for so long, but I just kept putting them into spiritual voicemail going, oh, I'm going to check it later. I'm going to check it later. I wasn't, I didn't want to take the leap. And finally the universe was like, she's not listening grabbed me by the scruff of the neck and said, listen, we are done trying to give you whispers. It is now time for you to do what you've always wanted to do. So if you're not going to listen, we'll just take everything away from you to force you to listen. And I think that there's a thing that says some storms don't come to destroy your life. They come to wipe everything clean so that you can start again. And that's exactly what happened. Because in a three-month period, I broke my wrist, I lost my job, and I lost everything that I owned all within a 90-day period. And from that, it's been been tooth, nail, scratch, claw, dig my way back. And every day, though, I wake up and I think, I get to live this life. I don't have to live this life. I get to live this life. And that was a huge shift for me is changing my vernacular and my words to I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I get to do this because in this is a lesson in this is going to show me where my zone of genius is and where I need to be. If you're willing to listen. And I got to the point where I was sitting in my living room. I was sitting on the last piece of furniture that they hadn't taken out to the curb yet. And I just, I was done. I was screaming. I was crying. I was so upset. And I just, finally was like, you know what? I give up. I give up. I surrender. I d- I'm done. Wow. Tell me what you want me to do. Cause I, I don't know what to do. I can't find a job. You know, thank God for my friend, Dawn. She gave me a place to live. But other than that, that was it. I had nothing. Mm-hmm. And I realized that having nothing was the greatest gift I've ever been given. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Yeah. And from the flood, the flames were born out of the flood. Yeah. And I think when we look at all of the things that come in and they, people say, well, this happened to me. Mm, If we can turn it and say this happened for me to be able to put me on the path that our, my soul knew before I ever got here, what my path was going to be. And that was just, you know, that was like the GPS says rerouting rerouting, rerouting. And so finally it's, it's now just following the breadcrumbs that if you're in that position and you're in that, you know, if you're listening and going, holy shit, there's breadcrumbs. We just have to look down and trust that intuitive compass and start to trust it. It's kind of like a spiritual detox, isn't it? Like when we detoxing food wise, we have to 
like we don't eat what we normally we don't give ourselves that about we just clear the system by keeping it super simple and in a way it's kind of that sort of when that the that material aspect of of our life kind of it's like a, a huge detox which obviously has you know big consequences and it's a lot harder to take but it's it's kind of like it's interesting isn't it like how because I, when I heard stories like yours, and not the exact story, I haven't met anyone who ex, who lost everything, and you know, but I mean, I I became homeless when I was five months pregnant, and uh, somebody, a stranger, was in a new city and all that, and there's so, like every single story I've heard, including mine, my stories, I've always found that every single person would say the same thing. It was the best thing that happened to me. Yep. It's like it was my making. It yep. just made me into the person. It's yep. like the tower, the tower, right? The tower yeah. in the tarot deck. Yes. It's like God will destroy if you believe in God or whatever you want to call it, universe, whatever you know, the superpower. Like it will destroy what needs to be destroyed to build, you know. And even if that is to just like for some people, it's just you know doing shitty things and and creating like it will destroy their lives to fall another reason for others it will be to just turn them in the 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 right direction i lost my health and like was in deep pain and extreme because i felt like i, I wasn't like stepping into my life's work can yeah. i ask you something um where are you at now since like a year has gone past with this where where do you find like because I, I do think that there's something very mystical about this process of you're being emptied out and often that can be a very private person and I don't feel that you know people always necessarily need to share about this but in terms of where you're at now like oh, when did you start feeling this kind of sense of like oh excitement about the, the the phoenix rising and about the getting a sense of like okay this is terrible what's happened but I'm starting to get these buds of there's possibilities and there's things that I can do and da da da. Because I mean, you're doing this podcast, which I think is amazing. Thank you. Um, I think um, it was funny because when it first happened, coaching was not on my radar at all, at all. I'd I'd heard the life coaching, I'd heard it, and I was like, ooh, that sounds like that would be fun. Oh, that I oh, I'd like to do that. My goal has always been to be on stage to do speaking, to breathe life into other people, to do that type of stuff. That has been my goal ever since, like, I can't even remember when. That's, I, I live for it. I love it. When this happened, everybody's like, oh, you know, the flood happened. You should be a lotus and come out of the mud. And I'm like, hmm, I don't really like mud. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I, for whatever reason, I was watching Harry Potter and I saw the phoenix and then all of a sudden I kept seeing phoenixes and phoenixes nice. started showing up and showing up. And I thought, huh. And so then I started really honing in on that. And then I started my brand and then that it. shifted. And then it's probably been in the last six months when I started doing some really deep healing mm. that it has really started to that buzz, that, that, that feeling of there is something so big coming that yeah. it's just, it's, it's so, I, there aren't even really words to describe it. It's one of those things it. like, Oh, and I told, uh, I told my I friend the that. other day, 
I said, I feel like my life is this uh, hourglass. Yeah. Like all the really cool, amazing things that are destined that I'm going to do is sitting in the top of the hourglass and there's a linchpin and there's little pieces that fall through that give me hope that I'm like, okay, okay, okay. And these really good things, it's finding that linchpin. And I think anybody that's listening, you, you know, that you think about that one thing that you really, really want, but there's that linchpin it's going after and doing that deep healing work. I've started doing shadow work and, and I'm doing a couple of sessions, NLP sessions coming up for myself to find that linchpin. So I can just yank that linchpin and be able to step into that power. And because like you said, it's owning it. It's, it's stepping into that power and being okay with the amount of power that, that is there. Because I tell people my personality is fucking huge. It is huge. I can it, has tell been, <laughs> it has been my greatest strength. And in the corporate world, it was my kryptonite because I don't give a shit yeah. who you are. I don't yeah. care what letters are behind your name. You're, you're real, you're authentic. And, and you don't go with the facades that you see so much in, in that world. So I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. So when I but got fired, is, yeah. I was like, I'm surprised it took that long for them to yeah. fire me. Cause, I'm, cause I, I was like, I just don't agree with this. You, you can't, and, and my mouth just doesn't, they're like, Julie, you need to know your audience. And, and this is what happens. Audience. This is what happens to our internal compass. When yeah. we do something against our desire, it feels wrong. Yeah. And we, we shut parts of ourselves down. Yes. This is what I had to do. This is what you had to do. This is what so many people do. And this is why living with the edge on feels so paramount now for yeah. me. Because to me, it's a matter of life and death. It has that level of urgency. It is not a small matter. It's not a luxury we can afford having anymore. It is killing us. Mm -hmm. It is. It is. Because we sit there and we're like, oh, well, you know, I, I, I shouldn't really do that. Or I shouldn't be that bright. Or there's that, that's the poem by Marianne Williamson where, you know, who are you not to be beautiful and talented and shine your light and be that phoenix and be that flame and be that who are you not to do that because when we do that when we step into that we show other women and we show other people that not only is it possible but that they're not alone i uh, absolutely and you know i think what i love about the coaching profession is that it can be extremely personable because although it holds the umbrella, okay, you know, coaching, life coaching, this and that, what you bring, and this is what I personally, these are the kind of women I work with as well, the personal experience and how it feeds into who you are and how you're meant to help other people. Yep. This is the fun thing. And essentially, it's, it's you're getting paid, you're getting rewarded for being yourself, for sharing who you are with the world. That's what it is about. And, and you know, I think it's great that you're having this excitement and I think that it will be revealed to you it's just like it does for everyone just as long as we keep on harnessing that space of mm-hmm. I know this is not okay this is not, like and we just know that you keep at it and one of the things that I really felt it in in your energy when we connected online I hadn't seen you like much of your profile I didn't know of the story very much but I get this is what I love about the online world now because my intuition is feels good like I can tune into the energies that I know I get on with that I like Mm -hmm. 
you know, and I felt like I just felt authentic, but I also got a sense, a strong sense of urgency, like your soul had a sense of urgency, you know, and, and it feels like this is, this is like, this is good, you know, this is the stuff that we numb down yeah. so much through the, the comfort we create. I talk about the, the importance of comfort to be able to help us grow, but there's a different type of comfort that actually does the opposite of help us yes. grow. It's, it stifles us. Yeah. You get in that comfort zone and you're like, you step out of it and you're like, Ooh, Ooh, that's scary. That's scary. And we, so we jump back into it and it's learning that once you step out of the comfort zone, you step into the panic zone. And if you can sit in the panic zone and allow yourself to understand yeah. that there's not a saber tooth tiger, that's going to come up and maul you yeah. that you're going to be okay. Then it's funny because then the panic zone becomes your new comfort zone. Yeah. Because you realize, then you're like, okay, I've made a step forward. Okay, I'm going to take another step forward. I'm going to take another step forward. And then you just keep expanding and you expand the energy. And then that way, it's just going to help other people to realize that they don't, that it's okay to stand in your energy and you're never going to be too much for the people that are your people. If people Absolutely. are like, oh, you're, you're too loud. You cuss too much. You do this. You're too much. You're too this. You're too that. Well, girl, bye. You're not my I'm people. I'm not for you. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And, and you know, I, I do think that uh, it's also if we experience a lot of upheaval, a lot of stress, a lot of, you know, I, I keep on talking about the need for trust and to move out of the faith zone. Faith is great, but you need faith when you really need faith. Like when I became homeless and I, I went into faith straight away and you know what? Faith was uplifting. Faith was good. But when she, like after a while, when you get your basics sorted, we, when it's more important to step into a place of trust, faith in a prolonged way, it's, it's, it's really difficult to be with. It's, it's hard for our nervous system. It's, 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 it's it's us operating from lack mentality and it's quite exhausting for our emotional mental body as well. So like, it's good to step into trust and it's good to create some level of safety to be able to grow. I feel that sometimes the whole thing about stepping too much out of our comfort zone, like can be a little bit too promoted, but I, I say to people like, yes, do, but kind of like create some safety for yourself first. Don't, don't really throw the baby out with the bathwater. Don't take steps that are going to make, leave you totally depleted. Yeah. Because your nervous system, what'll happen is that your nervous system goes, I don't know what the fuck this is, but we're not doing it. And it'll shut down and you'll get sick. Something will happen. And, and it's that trust in that factor of just, it's okay. And trust in yourself because you know, what's best for you. Yeah. If you ask the question, yeah. your body, your, your, you will get the answer. The challenge for most people is when we hear the answer, we want to take it out and ask somebody else, is this a valid answer? Well, when they, when you give somebody the power over your own belief, yeah. then you've just given up your power to allow them to tell you what's best for you. And for me, that was one of the reasons why I also kind of chose the, the self-employment as a as a good path, it felt like a good path because it's all about sovereignty. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to, like, I worked in the chart, charity sector, which was a hell of a lot better than the corporate, I imagine. Not so oh, much yeah. in pay, not in pay, but in everything else. And what I, lo- what one of the things that I found was that 
the agendas, the politics, the you working with all those stakeholders and stuff. It's it's quite a beast to navigate, and it's all destroying eventually. And it doesn't really necessarily produce the result that you would like to see for the people that it involves. So I feel at least with these platforms, we bring our energy signature. We don't have to answer to anyone's agendas. You essentially connect with the people who vibe with your energy, who vibe with your style. They're your soulmate clients, your soulmate audience, whatever it is, and you get to grow and and evolve with them, and they get to evolve with you as well. So that's what I love about it. It really, first of all, it 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 forces you to get more into your sovereignty because you have to get things done for yourself. But it's it's sort of like. Um, it's also liberating in that respect that you don't have to caricature yourself to present an image that your employer wants or to 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 yes. to, to, to satisfy the politics of this and that and the other kind of like stakeholder or situation. Yeah. yeah. And and to me that has been very healing in itself, you know. And it gives you it gives you that that accomplishment, that sense of I did that. Yeah. I did that. Because yeah. now it's the result, the good results, I did that. It really the bad matters. results, I did that. <laughs> so yeah, it's yeah, the, yeah. it doesn't matter whether it's good or it's bad. It's like, I did that. I have that is all, it comes squarely on my shoulders because this is my business. This is, this is something that, you know, as a business owner, if it's great, I did that. Not so great. I did that too. And, and, and that's. And that's why it essentially becomes a vehicle for self-development, essentially, you know, that becomes your spiritual practice because it will yep. ask you to show up. It will ask you to take ownership, to become accountable, to learn, to grow, to do your own healing, to, yep. to get yourself out of your way so that you make stuff happen. Exactly, exactly. And also when things fall apart, they don't work or it takes a lot longer than you think because it does. Once the novelty wears off and you really realize that actually, you know, what it really entails to, to make money and to see people and to help people and offer the transformation, then, then it start, it's almost this thing of like with relationships, you know, when the honeymoon yeah. is over, you start getting into the reality of it, but you, you know what you're working with. Yep. And At you, you, you know. say, ah, and I can, I can handle it and I can do it. And yeah, and there's more growth and I can do more, but it's like, you know what you're dealing with. So I think it's a really great kind of way to grow and evolve whilst helping other people and and in a way it keeps you on your toes and now I just feel like I can't imagine going doing anything else like right I mean I can't I can't even like no 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 so also, I would talk yeah. to you for the rest of the day but it's late well <laughs> you're it's so it's four o'clock here right now and I'm central time you're six hours so it's 10 o'clock at night it's so 10 thank you yeah. For no, thank you for having time. me. Before you go, I have a question for you. And I love, because I, I don't ever tell anybody what the question is. And I love to get the raw, real answer. And I so love that you have two questions. I love that you ask two questions. Yep. I have the question in the beginning and the question at the end. And the question at it. the end is, so for the woman who's listening, who is in the shit pit, who's yeah. literally in the ashes, who doesn't feel like... Yeah. Okay. Great. So Maya, Julie, this is great. Whatever you guys have already got there. What is a piece of advice that you would give to someone who is in the ashes right now? Oh, it's a big question. Uh, I love big questions though. I do prefer them. Um, but um, just let me think, cause I guess there's so many different things that you can 
kind of share about that process. Um, I guess for me, with what I've shared today and where I'm at at the moment, how I see this whole thing is that obviously it will get better. There will be, you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it's much more likely that it is done. Is it is, it's happening for you rather than to you. I would just say, fix your own watch. You know, like learn to sort of learn to use your inner compass, your guidance as to what the best next step is for you. You know, and let 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 yourself be guided in the process. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely, you need to create that sacred space. You need to create that to bring that support. But if you feel that you don't have it, you know, there is, um, you've got everything what, that you need inside. And this is like one of those challenges our soul will throw us through the adventure of our situations to, to be the making of us. So kind of do some reverse engineering. Think that, know that you're ready. You will be fine. Yeah. You will be fine. It will pass. It always passes. No matter whatever it is, it always passes. Um, and I know some things are a lot harder than others, especially when it comes to losing people. And, um, but I guess, you know, kind of just trust in what you are needing right now. If you need time off, if you need a hell of a lot more time, learn to read yourself, learn to read your energy, learn to read your desires, your wants, your, your needs right now, and, and become that lighthouse for yourself. Ooh, I like that. And I, like I don't want to sound pessimistic about it because there is great support there. And I'm a coach. I could say, come and hire me or whatever. But it's, 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 I really feel that there's something truly mystical in the, in the distraction part of our, our, our experience. When things fall apart, there's something utterly magical and mystical, which, of course, it doesn't feel like that when we're in it. But there's, there's something so sacred about it. And it's coming to be your making and to, to raise you from the ashes. And it's not meant to bring you even further down. It's yeah. clearing the way, like you said as well, uh, Julie. It's clearing the way for something new. So the way you bring the energy of the, 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 the something new, even if you're not clear of that, but you will pave the way to that something new. A lot of people might give you advice, but you will know what resonates. Mm -hmm. So let yourself pave that new path and create that uncharted territory. Sort of walk in that uncharted territory because you create your own path. Yep. Beautiful. Even if the lights are off and even if you don't know what you're, you're doing, just take one step after the other and use your own internal compass, your desires, your needs, what you need in to create that safety the most right now. Use that and 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 take counsel from that and let that guide you and you will come out the other way as we oh. always do oh that's beautiful so everybody always knows you got to go read the show notes and all the links to get a hold of Samaya if if what she has said called to you and reached in and snatched your soul then you need to reach out to her and uh, get a hold of her if somebody wants to get a hold of you, where's the best place that they can get a hold of you? 
at the moment i'm just really in my personal facebook i guess okay. i i say to people i do have a group based specific around you know it's called divine prosperity temple and it's a space a sacred space where i really kind of create a sacred space for women who are kind of creating their legacies and stepping into their abundance more and bringing the life to the fore in a way but um but they can do so either there or um yeah or my personal facebook samayate yadelin i'll give you the two links awesome perfect 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 well thank you for your thank time you so thank much. you so much thank you for staying up because i know it's late it's like it's after Fine. 10 o'clock and i uh i'm at 10 o'clock i'm snoozing and drooling so thank you <laughs> thank you for hanging out with uh, with us and thank you for hanging out with me and until next week you guys thank already you. know that you're enough you were born enough you are enough you will always be enough and if you could see the divine light that shines back from your eyes, ladies, you would never doubt your greatness again. So until next time, thanks for hanging out with us and we will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for spending your time with me. I appreciate you and remember you are loved, you are treasured, you are adored, you are worthy, and you are so more than enough. I hope that you were inspired, and if you were, please feel free to download, share, and leave a comment. I would be eternally grateful. Thank you so much, and have an absolutely magical day.